Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. The National Weather Service needs no introduction here on Weather Geeks, and recently a new director was appointed to lead the agency in charge of disseminating vital weather information across the United States. Ken Graham is taking the reins of the National Weather Service as its 17th director. And if that name sounds familiar, it's because he's been a guest of the podcast before while leading the National Hurricane Center. Today, we're going to discuss his vision for the future of the National Weather Service, as well as his past endeavors that have led him to this point. Ken, thank you for joining us on Weather Geeks. Oh, this is so exciting. Thank you for, for having me on. We were talking about, we were able to talk about more than hurricanes on this, so I'm excited. Well, and I really appreciate you taking the time because I know as we're recording this podcast episode, you're with a bunch of uh, warning coordination meteorologists and other colleagues at National Weather Service in Wisconsin, I believe. And I think you darted out of that meeting to take this podcast taping. So thank you so much. Remind people, um, we always start with this, remind people of your weather geekdom because you're a certified weather geek and we love this that. Uh, remind people how you got into meteorology or became interested in it. I was six years old and wanted to, to be a meteorologist. I don't think I knew what a meteorologist was, but I, I, I fell in love with the weather and it was, you know, everything from seeing daily changes to being evacuated out of our house several different times from, from flooding and just what was that? So I'm um, going to my, it was an old set for my my great grandfather, an old set of encyclopedias from the 1950s and, and looked up flood, looked up hurricane and looked up all these different things. And, and I, and, and I started taking observations on my calendar every single day. My mom reminds me um, that every single day I took those observations and wrote them on a calendar. So I fell in love with the earth. It's my favorite planet, by the way, I fell in <laughs> love with the weather, fell in love with the earth. And it's, it's been such a passion ever since such an early age. It started. Yeah, I, I, I can resonate with that. And yeah, shout out to Earth. It's the only one we have for sure. So I uh, really appreciate that love to the Earth. Let me give the listeners a little bit of your background and your, I mean, Ken, let me just say when I heard that you were being announced as the next director of the National Weather Service, I literally out loud said yes. I thought it was a, an amazing uh, decision. Ken's director of the National Weather Service, effective June 7, 2020. Uh, prior to that, he held the director of the National Hurricane Center from 2018. 18 to 2022, has a bachelor's degree in atmospheric sciences uh, from the University of Arizona uh, and earned a master's of science degree in geosciences from Mississippi State University. He actually was a broadcast meteorologist while, for a while in, in Mississippi and then began his career at NOAA in 1994 as an intern forecaster at the National Weather Service in New Orleans at which point he eventually became a meteorologist in charge at uh, Corpus Christi and then in Birmingham and, and, and then went on to be awarded the Department of Con a, a significant Department of Commerce Medal in each of those years. He was also honored by the Louisiana Governor's Emergency uh, Service Award, Service Award in 2014 and has many other honors. I just wanted to give you the lay of the land for his qualifications. But Ken, 
one of the things I think many people know your, your predecessor, Louis Uccellini, you bring a different background or skill set to the role of National Weather Service Director. Equally vital and equally important. I think you'll be equally amazing. But talk about why you feel your experience on the operational side of the ledger leading the Hurricane Center uh, is, is vital for leading the agency at this point. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing to think about. There, there's been a couple times um, on stage at the conference we're at, the Warning Coordination Meteorologist Conference here in Madison, and I'm on stage speaking going, wow, how, how did this happen? And I, and I know you read those, those, those things, and I look back at that, but to, to, to be an intern in this organization in the Weather Service, 1994, a journey forecaster, and you know, working my way up through, through the ranks, through operations to this job is, is absolutely humbling. I mean, it's, 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 it's a thing that, you know, operational guy. I mean, I'm just an, oper I'm an operational person. I mean, really the perspective of, of daily operations, shift work, launching balloons, issuing warnings, and, and to see that perspective in, the, in this position is, is absolutely incredible. And, you know, I, I have some, there's some spin up associated with, with looking at, you know, policies and budgets and, you know, I'm getting spun up on a lot of that, but, you know, it, it's just a fascinating thing to look back at my career and, and how many times I'll, I'll be honest, you know, as an intern, so I, I thought, wow, if I ever get to that position, I would do it that way. You know, as a journey forecaster, if I ever get to that position, I'm going to do it that way. Um, and as an MIC, wow, man, if I ever get to that position, I'm going to do it this way. Well, now I'm in that position. Nice. And I think that that hits me sometimes. It's so humbling. And that, that's what makes it a, a unique perspective. It's an operational perspective. It's storm survey, seeing what people go through after a storm, a tornado or a hurricane or a flood or, you know, a, a, a big event. I've seen that on the ground and, and, it, and it makes for an incredibly passionate perspective about what we do for the, for the, the community. Um, international and and the, and the U.S. and what people go through and how hard it is and passionate about getting that information to them so they can make a decision to save their lives. That that's what I'm all about. Yeah, and I know you have some really amazing people there in the National Weather Service from all of, all the way to the top throughout the uh, field offices and so forth. In fact, I just saw I know that you're with a, a really awesome uh, meteorologist in Tricia, who's uh, apparently on part of your staff. And we just talked to Susan Buchanan from Public Affairs earlier. So I know that they're really good people around. I, I want to pivot now and just some some breaking news this week, actually, uh, as we're taping this, uh, there was a big announcement about the National Weather Service and its computing capabilities as far as its weather modeling and forecasting. Can you talk a little bit about what that was all about? You know, it's, it's, it's exciting. I mean, you think about the, the new supercomputer and, and, you know, switching that on this week. I mean, just, you know, so many more times of, of being able to uh, calculate faster, more things, just, just an incredibly powerful computer. These systems are like the 49th and 50th most powerful computers um, around, I mean, just incredible systems. It's so exciting, and and, and to think about the possibility going forward in, in the modeling, and not just running a model. I mean, it's, not everybody sees there's ensembles in, in those models. I think you and I talked about it when we talked about hurricanes. You you have multiple ensembles within in in those models, and 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 that's what we have the capability to do with that computing power. We can run ensembles. We could take the agency. Uh, one one thing I'd really want to do more of in the future is the probabilistic. Uh, forecast, you know, a reasonable worst case scenario to help decision makers make the tough decision, not just based on uh, a forecast, but what's a, what's a forecasted reasonable worst case scenario. And, and you mentioned people. 
I just I just want to say the shout out. I've just been taken back. This is day what day twenty one for me, as we're doing this recording, <laughs> and I'm, I'm taken back by the people behind the scenes across the weather service. Right, it's it's an amazing dedicated uh, group of people. I, I talked about my story uh, from six years old. This agency's full of those stories: hydrologists, meteorologists, engineers. Um, budget folks, everybody just has that passion. It's amazing. And the group behind the scenes that made this supercomputer work, wow, just the the, the budget part of it, the, the modelers, the uh, the computer folks, it was amazing. I, I, I'm just taken back by that, but think about it. it it's exciting, more compute power uh, lends to, to really looking at the future and, and, and the possibilities ahead. What, what would you say to a congressperson or even some uh, Twitter uh, expert out there, and I, I put uh, Twitter expert in, in quotes, to, what would you say if they said, is, are we going to finally pass the Europeans now, or is that our goal? You know, I, I think I come from a unique perspective. And, 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 you know, you think about the hurricane program, you think about other programs, I, I, see, I see a model perform um, well on one event and, and then not as well on the next event. I mean, you, you see you see the variability in how they perform. A lot of it's based on that initialization where that, you know, getting the data into that model. So yeah, absolutely. This is a, a step forward um, to, to really take the lead, but honestly, it's those blends. It's, it's really taking all the models and the collaboration between all, all the centers um, internationally to be able to blend those models and come up with a, a solution that's, that's the best. And I think that's something to, to always, always remember. And, and I think that's a, there's a human behind all that. And so, I mean, you really take those blends, um, you look at all the various models and there's a, there's a meteorologist, there's a hydrologist, there's a, there's a human behind that blending those and using their expertise to come up uh, with, with the latest forecast. Remember models aren't, aren't really, uh, that's not really our forecast, right? Those, that's guidance. And, and we take that information and we turn that into a forecast. And, and that's what um, I always try to stress. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Back on the Weather Geeks podcast, I'm Dr. Marshall Shepard from the University of Georgia, and I'm speaking with Ken Graham, the National Weather Service's new director. And thank you again for joining us. Ken, we were just talking about the new computer, supercomputer and models and ensembles and assimilation. You are uh, entering the National Weather Service at a time where we're launching probably the most advanced uh, geosynchronous and low Earth orbiting satellites that we've had. We've got dual polarization radar. Uh, we're on the cusp of emerging artificial intelligence or AI capabilities. And 
And you said people. And I know the Weather Service is focusing now on social sciences, communication, psychology, sociology aspects of getting the forecast over the hump. Can you say a little bit more about your vision for how we sort of merge the weather and social sciences worlds together as you take this role? Absolutely. They, they, they have to exist together. And, and you know, it, it, I look back at the last almost 28 years in the weather service and you know, it's my passion. I, I go back to, you mentioned I, I did television weather and, you know, I, I look at, you know, connecting the forecast to a decision, connecting the forecast to somebody understanding the risk. They have to be brought together. And, and we, we've heard this saying before, I say it quite a bit, you know, a perfect forecast doesn't really do much good unless on the other end, somebody understands their risk and makes a decision to reduce that risk. And that's where the social science comes in. They have to be brought together. In, in a way that helps people understand that risk and, and take the right action. So we're gonna do that. We're gonna weave social science throughout um, our products as we go forward and looking to where the weather service is going to go in the future, social science has to be weaved into, into everything that we do. And, and that's something that's really important to me. I've seen that so many times. Um, how many times that we, we see, um, you know, I had no warning or I didn't know, um, the information is actually there so let's let's all own that and figure out how to make sure we get that information uh, to the right people to take those risks in all communities um, and and people receive information in different ways. How can we get information out there in those different uh, ways to be able to ensure somebody's got uh, an equal chance to get the life saving information? So they have to be brought together, and and it's that's definitely a big passion of mine. And I, I was going to talk about because I know I've seen some things happening in the weather service. You know, there's facets and there are bilingual efforts going on. Uh, uh, and, and just ways of getting information, also social media. Uh, I know that there's com- some constraints on the National Weather Service having its own app. I've written about that before in Forbes, and I, I think it's related to some public-private partnership-related things. But I guess my question is, uh, how do you envision the use of social media and in getting information about weather out to emergency managers in the public? Hey, it's, it's everything. I mean, I, I, I look back. You know, years at a weather forecast office, and 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 recently the hurricane center, and and how people that get that get information, and it's something that you've you've talked about before, and it's it's getting the right information, the correct information, and there's so much stuff out there on social media and, and otherwise. We all have to be aggressive as a community to get the real information out there, and I think that's that, that's a big part of it. So. Um, we have to be aggressive, and, and we were at the Hurricane Center. We are across the entire Weather Service, really aggressive. The more information that we can send um, a, across social media, the more we can ensure there's a consistency of that information. Every social science study I've seen that that deals with consistency uh, it really does show clearly that if we're not consistent with the message, the public has a tougher time making that tough decision. So we we got to be together. We're aggressive with media. Uh, we're aggressive with social media. We have to be able to to get that information out. And I do talk about this sometimes too. You know how my mom gets information is different than how I get information, and it's it's different than how my three daughters get information. So you know you look at you know you look at how my daughters want information. They want it quickly. They want it in thirty seconds. They want it on 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 their phone quickly. That's different. So as, as a federal community, you know a federal government agency, we got to figure out ways to continuously keep up with different ways to get that information out there because it's important that consistency matters. That consistency actually saves lives. 
and I know you're getting hit with the fire hose right now, Ken, I think you're only a couple of weeks in you mentioned, but I mean, if, if you were to lay out, I mean, what your big prior, I mean, I, I'm not saying you can implement them right now, or you may have, they may take uh, law or congressional or what our department of commerce approval, but from your lens, and I imagine this kind of question may have come up in an interview that you had for this role. I mean, wh- how do you want to, where do you want to move the national weather service? What are your priorities? I love that. And, and I think it's, it's interesting. It's really an examination of, of, you know, the challenges that we have. It's, it's a, it's a lens that, that I have from, from the field. It's a lens that, that I have, you know, working so closely with emergency management and the media over the years. So my priorities are are super simple and and I've put it into my presentations and we've communicated it across the, the entire weather service. And it's exciting. Three priorities, simple our people it's our infrastructure and it's our future and and within there's all sorts of things right so you think about people post pandemic you know i i think about all the fires and all the hurricanes i I think about the floods i think about how much you know weather we've had water we've had how many high impact events that we've had and all that during a pandemic it's been it's been tough on folks it really has i mean coming out of that you know, it's 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 really you could see um, <clears throat> the fatigue and 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 really uh, paying attention to that. So the people got to be got to be first. You know, looking at flexibilities in, in the workplace. You know, really listening to people about those things, <clears throat> and and really looking at our infrastructure. We have to have an infrastructure now and, and going into the future uh, that's solid. You know, getting the information to somebody within when seconds count is is critically important. Getting the information to to you, to everybody is, is critically important. So we're gonna look at that. We're gonna look at the resilience of our systems going into the future, including the website, you know, being more mobile with our technology, um, our systems being able to, to help an emergency manager at an EOC and have the same tools that they would have anywhere else. We're looking at that and, and our future. You know, what does the agency look like? And I, I, I really wanna get that feedback across the entire agency, get that input on what we're gonna look like for the next generation. I'm excited about that. I mean, you, you mentioned facets. So what what is the next, what does the next uh, warning look like? Uh, we think about, we're calling it hazard services and, and polygon warnings. How do we make sure all, our, all of our warnings and can be polygon based where you can really cut, you know, razor sharp. And the reason is, I mean, if you could do that, we always talk about evacuations for a hurricane, but maybe, we talk about preventing an evacuation if we can with, with some of that. So we're talking about the future and what we're going to look like. So those are my priorities. I'm excited about it. Um, it it's a perspective that, that, that I have over the years. And I'll tell you what, intentions minus actions, actions doesn't equal much. So one of my priorities is to be actionable, accountable, and really get some of these things done. Yeah, I really appreciate that. And I really appreciate you uh, taking a look at what the weather service looks like because we're a very diverse and inclusive society now. There are certain people in our communities that are more vulnerable, elderly, poor people of color, communities of color to these hurricanes, heat waves and so forth. Yet we both know uh, and you've been at the weather service, you've been at the uh, hurricane center. uh, The workforce in our federal uh, weather enterprise doesn't look like America in many ways. It's not your fault or my fault. It's just a, it's a fault of some past things, but uh, I, I'm pleased to hear that, that that's something that may, may indeed be on your radar. What, what are some of the challenges that you anticipate to implementing your vision? Well, I, I do, I do want to comment on what you just said, because it, it's important. And, 
I, I think, I think, you know, yeah, I can't snap my fingers and, 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 and change the way we look, but I tell you, there's ways to be able to do that. There's ways to be able to, to recruit. So anybody listening from, from universities out there, I'm headed your way. <laughs> let's go together. Let's go, let's, let's go talk to these, um, the, the young meteorologists, hydrologists, engineers that we got to bring them in our agency, because, you know, if, if you think about diversity, you think about, you know, being inclusivity, it's an action. you got to go get that. And, you know, I, I look back over the years, I, I look back at my own hiring and I'm really proud of the, the track record and, and really looking at, um, you know, being able to, to double the number of women at the hurricane center, just really proud of some of this. So I'm going to really implement some programs to, that, that have a more of a verb attached to it. And, and we're going to do some heavy recruiting. So some of the barriers to, to going forward, you know, there, there's, there's always, you know, looking at uh, budgets. So, you know, we have to really sell the story of where we're going. And, and I think, you know, you look at our people, our infrastructure, our future, um, you, you look at those priorities. I, I think across the agency, I think overall, we're pretty excited to tackle some of those. We're pretty excited to go forward. And, and if we could tell that story, you know, come back on this podcast, uh, you know, all be saying the same story about where we're going, get everybody excited about it. That also can sell, um, you know, in any different direction up the chain as well. So I think there's some barriers there. There's always the technology, but again, our people are amazing. I mean, I think they're up for this challenge. They're up for this change. And I, and I think if I could bring an incredibly inclusive environment, bring everyone together on this as, as one weather service, I think we can tackle um, anything. And that includes some of the equity. I, I look back, I, I'm so glad you brought that up because I look back at the last two or three jobs, and I think about presentations. I think about outreach. You know, I, you know, you know, you and I, I think, did talk about this. If you're over 60 years old, you're you're eight times as likely to lose your life in a tropical system than than under 20. So yep. we, we can really get out there in these communities. My talks should be there, right? Really identify those most most vulnerable and and really concentrate the outreach there. I think we can do a lot better. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Uh, we are here on the Weather Geeks podcast talking with Ken Graham. This is our last segment. Uh, again, Ken, I, I think you're going to be amazing in this role. So, um, you, you know, you have my support and anything that I can do. And we certainly welcome you visiting the University of Georgia when you want to come. We have a, a fairly uh, rapidly growing program here and actually one of the most diverse uh, uh, atmospheric sciences programs in the country. So I'm looking forward to hosting you whenever you want to come. Just let me know. But I want to close out this uh, podcast uh, just with your thoughts, because you've been around the weather service a long time. 
from the time you walked into the weather service to the time you stepped in as the director of it, think about that for a second, just walked in as an intern to the director of it. Uh, what it have been some of the biggest differences in that time frame for you that you've just seen in that trajectory? You know, it's, it's interesting that, the, the, the first answer you would think about would be, you know, somebody would probably say technology, you know, it went from these giant machines that used to keep you warm on the midnight shift because they were just <laughs> old computers. Um, you'd lean on them, to, to, you know, in the midnight shift. Look, I, I saw the tech, technology is just incredible. I saw the modeling, um, you know, go from, you know, we could, we could barely see what's going to happen 24 or 30 hours out. And now we're looking at accuracy five, seven days, 10 days out. I mean, there's this, this obvious answer that, that involves technology and communications and social media. But here's the biggest thing for me. I don't know if I'm just, as, as I get older, I really don't know what it is. But the big thing for me is when, when you see over your career, the, the big events, the, the, the Hurricane Katrina, the Hurricane Ida, uh, the floods, the tornado surveys, when you, I, I, it wasn't just issuing the warnings, but it was getting out there afterwards. It's getting to, to talk to everybody and meeting the person after Hurricane uh, Michael that recognized me from Facebook, of all things, and said, you saved my life. And we, we hugged each other for what, what felt like hours, right? And, and we both cried. And what, what shaped me in the biggest change is when you see all those things over the years and the impact, my, my passion has grown, my, my, my excitement, my drive has, has grown. It's focused on people. It's focused on the people we serve. That's the, the personal journey over, over my career. It's not about an equation. You got to have the good forecast, right? You got to have the modeling and the equations. But in the end, everything we do is about the person on the other end and saving a life. And, and yeah. that's the personal journey. And I'm, I'm, I'm as driven now as I was when I walked in the door as an intern. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 you you can hear this Weather Geeks listeners coming through. Ken Ken's a, a very personable sort of contact driven with his stakeholder community leader, and I I, I look forward to uh, um, where he takes the National Weather Service. And I I think you mentioned budget. I mean, the, the National Weather Service to me has always been arguably one of the biggest values in the federal system. I mean, I think your budget's what, around a billion or so dollars a year or so. Uh, the bang for buck for that one billion, and it should be more. I, Ken can't say that, but it should be more. And hopefully our stakeholders can work to uh, continue to increase the National Weather Service budget even more because there's a lot of Every aspect of our lives depends on it. But, um, you know, I, I just wanted to kind of echo that. Ken, any final words here as we close the podcast? I think that the biggest thing is I, I just want everyone listening to know as a community, I'm talking the, the media, I'm talking emergency management, I'm talking across weather service, across NOAA, and, and I, I look at all of our federal partners. We are all striving for a weather-ready nation and a climate-ready nation. And I, I just want to just tell everybody the dedication that I see across all those communities to get the information out to save lives, to make sure it's accurate. People care. They're so passionate about this. And, you know, I really want to make sure that, that we reiterate that, that once again. And I just appreciate the time to be on here to tell that story um, because there's a lot of folks behind the scenes that work really hard to make sure our mission is successful, and they're amazing. Uh, there's one 
question I got to ask because you triggered it with your comments there. Um, how do you foresee weather service interactions as there's, there's more private activity, private or industry sort of activity in the weather forecasting and observation space? Um, what, what will your relationship be? It's, it's right now, I think it's better than ever. And I think it's going to continue to, uh, to grow closer and closer. I, I think about, look, you know, you think about high impact events, you think about an increasing risk associated with a changing climate. Look, it, our, our, none of our jobs are going to get any easier as you know, we see more vulnerability uh, along the coast or, or more rainfall, heavier rainfall. Look, it, we're, there's plenty of business for everybody. And I think, I think I see that relationship stronger now than, than, than ever. And I think it's going to continue to grow. There's so much space to do that. And if you think about how busy it's going to be and how much information that's going to have to, to be um, distilled into something that's actionable, I think it's going to take that partnership and it's going to take all of us to get there. That to me is pretty exciting. And that's where we have to end it today. Uh, thank you, Ken, so much. Uh, Ken, people, I, I know you're out there on social media. I don't know if the weather service is corralling you and, and, and taking control of some of that a little bit or at least moderating, but where, where can people, uh, you, people can find you in some social media outlets, right? Yeah, it's at Twitter, NBS director on Twitter. And I am proud to say this. You're going to love this, by the way. Every office visit that I go to, I'm going to do a Facebook Live. I love the that. first one yesterday in Milwaukee. Nice. So just because I'm not at the Hurricane Center doesn't mean I'm going to stop these, uh, these Facebook Lives. And guess what? I'm going to profile the people of the Weather Service and all the great stuff that they do. The first one was yesterday. Go check it out. And, and, and uh, I think that's incredible. So that's how you follow me. NBS director on Twitter. And, of course, weather.gov on, on our website. And uh, follow me on Facebook. Yep. And that's where we have to end it. Thank you so much, Ken, and all of the people that uh, serve us at the National Weather Service. You're true patriots and you're true contributors to our society. I'm Dr. Marshall Shepard from the University of Georgia, and we'll see you next time. And Ken, by the way, uh, Louis Uccellini holds the record for the most Weather Geeks TV show and podcast appearances. Uh, we hope over time you will maybe pass him. <laughs> I'm up for that. Let's do that. Let's make sure to talk often. Absolutely. Thank you all. And we'll see you next time.